Hey, welcome to episode number three of Deep Geek. Deep Geek. So uh, in this episode, uh, we wanted to talk about blockchain and uh, cryptocurrencies. So we'll go around the room, quick introductions. I'm Dan. Heather. I'm Hisham. And Harrison. Right. So welcome to episode number three. So... What is blockchain beside a ginormous buzzword? Seriously. <laughs> so, so blockchain is a distributed ledger technology developed by this guy, Satoshi Nakamoto, um, who developed Bitcoin. And the idea was that you would have a distributed ledger, distributed record keeping, um, so that you don't have to trust in a central organization or a central bank. It's basically distributed over a group of people. Um, who kind of all verify all the records. So like a good example is if uh, Hisham wants to pay Heather for something on the dark web and they would basically yes. <laughs> yes. create a new who line. Who told you? So each, each of these records is a block or it's a new line in the ledger that's distributed. And so everyone has a copy of it. So Dan has a copy on his computer. I've got a copy on mine. You've all got copies, thousands of people's have copies of it, and so Hisham pays Heather, and a new line item gets sent off to thousands of computers all over, and then our computers also get copies of that, and when all the computers confirm the transaction is authorized, and they all agree, and they all have to agree unanimously, it matches up, and then that's recorded. And if not, then it's rejected, and it's like, okay, you're giving Monopoly money or something. So the, the really brilliant yeah. part is that it requires no central authority or bank kind of keeping the records of it. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a decentralized uh, or distributed control schema. Yeah. All right. Thanks. That's a good explanation. So I guess um, are you? I guess I've been hearing more about uh, people beyond sort of the dark web uh, buying in on this. Like, what's so? Yeah, where's the security? Like, what are some of the concerns? So I don't know about the. A lot of that stuff. I, I know just to add on to what uh, Harrison was saying, I've been looking at the, the mining aspect. Oh, yeah. And like, what, what's that all about? <laughs> so apparently, and the reason why all these GPUs are being sold is because oh, yeah. every transaction that goes into that ledger requires a mathematical type equation to be solved or something to, to verify it. So if now, for example, say if I and you were in the middle of an exchange and Harrison's machine or was part of the calculation he gets a bitcoin or a fraction of a bitcoin because of the involvement in the uh verification aspect mm -hmm. so that's mm -hmm. how the mining occurs uh, and it's it's not like he, yeah. he harrison gets a percentage of our transaction so all of a sudden uh 0 0.01 bitcoin appears mm -hmm. magically and so the more GPUs you have, the more transactions you can do, the more you can get there. Mm -hmm. And judging by how expensive and how delicious Bitcoins are, all of a sudden <laughs> that's all there. So that's what I know in terms of how to get in the game. And I think that's one of the attractions of Bitcoin um, to folks that like that decentralized or kind of non-governmental control of the currency in that the amount of new Bitcoins that come into circulation are kind of governed by Moore's Law. They're governed by the amount of Bitcoin miners that are out there, and they're not governed by some central printing press that mm -hmm. could churn out new money and then devalue the money that you have. So it could be inflationary or, or not based on that. So they feel that there's a, a better 
kind of uh, answerableness to to sort of the market right. than there is with the central government currency. I guess this is my next question is like, what of the market? Like, what is like? So, how does this relate? Like, you know, how I don't know. Like, what's the market dynamics here, or is it sort of removed from that? I, I or sort of like valuing or evaluation part. There has been calls for greater regulation of Bitcoin because in other cryptocurrencies, because people have seen with the limited stock of Bitcoin that's out there now, people gaming the market. Mm-hmm. So they'll like flood the market with more Bitcoin or they'll create like artificial scarcity, just like you saw like runs on silver previously. Mm-hmm. So there's ways to kind of game the market to make the the bitcoins rise in value yeah and heaven knows you can't do that with cash (laughs) (laughs) sure yeah exactly (laughs) but you are starting to see uh the use of bitcoin or the proposal to use bitcoin beyond just cryptocurrencies so there's uh uh, an organization called uh, myvote.org that's looking at the shared record book for voting Mm. so that everyone would see each vote that's cast just like you're doing a transaction and uh, then there'd be like this ledger that you could see. Yeah. So you would have this kind of uh, validation record of each vote. Hmm. Um, people are also looking at it for digital music subscriptions like Spotify, so that you could then subscribe to something, you could pay them these micro payments for each song, and it would be all validated through uh, Bitcoin ledger. Or blockchain. Blockchain ledger, right. Uh, and, and then, then, of course, the artists get the monopoly money. <laughs> Which had internet dollars. Just Here's like you your been. house on boardwalk. You're YouTube famous. <laughs> and um, there, there's a more famous one where Kodak has been looking at blockchain technology for um, photographers that want to sell their, their yeah. photographs. There's always been this problem of, like, how do they watermark it? How do they keep it from just being, you know, right-click, copied, and stolen? And so they think that using blockchain, hmm. so Kodak waded into this with uh, partnering with an existing blockchain company, and they saw their stock price double overnight hmm. from like down in the, the depths of the stock price. Too. I was like, I didn't even know there was still a thing. You said there's still more gold. <laughs> like, wow, Kodak's still a thing, huh? Who knew? Kodak is still a thing. <laughs> They're not much left because they, they sold all their patents off. But. Yeah. But that's that's interesting, though. I mean, because that is like a almost, you, you can imagine Etsy being entirely blockchain ledger right you know what i mean like you, you have record of things it's a little bit more legit than off the cuff kind of exchanges so bitcoin is sold and traded on the financial mar- like markets right like there's a bitcoin stock price or whatever right i mean you talked about the price of bitcoin going up so the relationship between bitcoin and dollars how is that um created given that it's like distributed not owned by anyone and not managed by a central yeah. company like, yeah. how is I think that there that are um, folks that have gotten together to create like <laughs> online exchanges for Bitcoin mm-hmm. um, one of the famous ones I forget the name of it was um, started by the the Facebook founders the Winklevoss twins and when they got their payout from Facebook they went heavy into to Bitcoin. They just converted all of it to Bitcoin. <laughs> they did, actually. Yeah, they're, they're like Bitcoin billionaires wow. because of that. And so they've awesome. created this like online exchange for Bitcoins that... Like, you don't need to pay me out. I'll yeah. just take it in Bitcoin. <laughs> but there is this sort of stigma to it because a lot of it is like for these... Um, a lot of the people using Bitcoin are hackers and dark web and uh, kind of illicit stuff because it is untraceable. Mm. 
I thought Bitcoin was an organization. I don't know. I could be wrong. But to get to, to what you're talking about, Dan, like, you know, I think Bitcoin itself, because there's like seven or eight at least different cryptocurrencies out there all vying for our love. And I like each one has a has an organization behind it. From what I understand, yeah. the founder uh, just basically gave it all away to another person that was part of the group that created it. Uh, and then just, you know, he just bounced. He was like, yeah, see ya. I'm, Take my Bitcoin and go. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he even took Bitcoin. I don't know. Aww. I don't know if he, like, if he, I don't know if he was real, right? Like, that's what <laughs> I just got, like, a ham sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is the, the underlying technology of using blockchain to create a cryptocurrency, um, there's, there's companies that, and platforms that make a service that you can actually create your own cryptocurrency based on that. Um, and so, like, anybody can create a cryptocurrency. Um, you can create, like, Hisham coin. Um, <laughs> Just a second, patenting it and now. It wouldn't be, <laughs> yeah, like, so it wouldn't be worth anything. But you can actually do that and create it. Uh, well, it's only worth something if people use it, right? Um, and so <clears throat> those services actually exist. And, like, so there's, there's mm-hmm. like, a few ones that people are trying to get on, trying to use, but there's also... Um, just like the existence of this technology enables it so that anyone can actually create the, their own. There, there has been a lot of thinking this is a lot of Ponzi schemes because you know, the people that get in mm-hmm. at the low price and then everything gets ratcheted up. There's been a ton of these different Bitcoins and some of them are, are sketchier than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was based on a, a kind of theoretical paper that they published that they found was like 80 to 90% plagiarized from some other <laughs> mm-hmm. paper and yet it was worth like a billion dollars overnight. Hmm. So there have been some fairly sketchy, like just not a lot of foundation in terms of right. here is the exchange and here's how we're going to track, mm-hmm. here's how we're going to set the rules for mining new Bitcoins and the algorithms mm-hmm. and then just not much behind the facade. And yet it's got the name in it and investors are looking to park lots of money into this. And so these things just go nonlinear. Right? So where, where does it go next? And, you know, is this a bubble? <coughs> it seems to be because it went up to, I forget, 20,000 for mm-hmm. Bitcoin and then crash down to like seven. So it's definitely... 7,000. Yes. Yeah. So it's still, it's not, <laughs> not yeah. pennies, but yeah. it seems like it's still like some gravity returning. It seems like, I, I don't know, it seems like, I mean, because what, this all kind of happened, or this was introduced like, what, five, ten years ago, it was not, not maybe, I guess not ten, but I have no it idea. seemed like at first it was like, oh, this is going to take off, this is going to be huge, you know, I remember in New York seeing the sort of, like, Bitcoin, like, ATM practically things, you know, coming yep. out, and it didn't quite catch on the way I thought it would, then all of a sudden, this year, or, you know, last year just kind of blew up, but then started already, I mean, just maybe, like we're saying, it's not quite figured out yet. Um, but I, I think it has a lot of potential. I, I guess the more um, buy-in we get from bigger organizations, or like if somebody's doing it legitimately without, you know, the dark web. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's where we'll see the um, future. I think part of the reason why some of the gravity is returning to the pricing is that a lot of financial orgs are, are not embracing it; they're right. rejecting it. Um, and people are saying part of it is because of the lack of central control. Right. It's disruptive. They, yeah, it is disruptive. Mm-hmm. They like that ability to kind of control and manipulate. Right. It's like, well, and there's, sorry, it's interesting. Like, I'm just thinking currency exchange, too. I mean, like what, you know, like some people sort of make all their money on exchange rates, you know. So if there's, ah, that yeah. gets a little different when you're yeah. talking cryptocurrency. Like another um, thing that sort of brought the gravity back to things was um, a lot of the Bitcoin mining 
was occurring in China. Um, That's where, where Warcraft mining occurs too. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they took their skill to World of Warcraft. And yeah, like, they just like, all right, I got this already. And, uh, the China central government said they're banning all crypto miners, and then they announced their own RMB-based cryptocurrency. Right. So they wanted people basically to shuffle over to that and then push their version of like uh, Renminbi, like based cryptocurrency. So they didn't want things competing with their cryptocurrency. Hmm. So it seems like the, the central governments um, don't want something sort of crowding out their version of things. One question I have about hmm. Bitcoin mining is, I remember when Bitcoin you know, first became a thing, people were talking about it, people were talking about Bitcoin mining and dedicating competing resources to that. Um, it seemed like the um, the return on investment for like the computing power that you put toward it was negative in that the electricity you need to run your computer uh, was more costly than the the uh, Bitcoin that you'd get out of it. But now there's been a huge spike in the value of Bitcoin. And I'm wondering if that still holds or if now if I just like bought a GPU and like dedicated it to you know, Bitcoin mining, would I actually be making yeah, money? Well, like I think some ROI. of it is the advance of the GPUs where you've seen like mm-hmm. a 60x performance jump in GPU processing power. So I think it's made some of it a lot more tractable. Um, tractable. But uh, a lot of the aspect also that people knock Bitcoin on is just the impact to the environment. So you're doing all this processing and you have to cool these these hot GPUs and all the cooling and electricity that you're generating just to create Bitcoins has an effect on the environment. And so a lot of people are, are upset about that yeah. because you're, you're kind of spinning wheels for no reason. And then the other side of that equation is you can't find a GPU card anywhere anymore. <laughs> like if I want to upgrade my PC and buy a GPU, like, oh, I want to get the, uh, the NVIDIA 1080 or whatever it's out now, mm-hmm. right? Can't find it because they're all sold out because of... Really? Oh, yeah. There's, oh, wow. there's, a, there's a huge... Run? There's now a black market on GPU cards. Like, you know, <laughs> you can use your Bitcoin on the dark web to buy the GPUs that you need to bind them. <laughs> so sc- screw Bitcoin, invest in NVIDIA. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, it's, it seems like um, that's a dynamic where, you know, is it worth the environmental cost to it? And you're seeing, like, a lot of data centers that are migrating to places where there is, like, um, geothermal energy sources mm-hmm. or glaciers nearby for cooling. So I saw one data wow. center being set up in Norway. They're going to melt the glaciers. <laughs> <laughs> Don't melt the glaciers. We already have her doing that naturally. The, Come on. The, the next disaster movie, Bitcoin. And just the big tidal wave knocking the Statue of Liberty down. Yeah, I talked oh, to a guy. He ran this uh, Norwegian data center. And he said that for Norway, like, cool is a natural resource. Yeah. I think he meant for now. Wise, not not right. Fonzie. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Fonzie scheme. <laughs> yeah, Cold temperatures like... and Winter Olympic athletes, I think, are their two big. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so now it'll be Bitcoin. Because they got the, the glaciers until they run out of that. It's not going to last forever, man. Yeah. So as like the luge is going down the, the tube, they're like actually mining Bitcoin on it. That's brilliant. I'm actually going to see oil companies. He's running ads about how these uh, liberal Bitcoin miners are destroying the environment. Yeah, <laughs> I talked to a, covered uh, in oil, see. whopping the oil from its eyes, looking around. At least I still got some cold temperature here, though. <laughs> Thumbs up to Shell. <laughs> yeah, I talked to a uh, a guy from Microsoft. He was a uh, operations guy, and he said that 
he had uh, done a bunch of geology courses in college and never thought he would use them being an IT guy. <laughs> but now he is because like they want to locate where there's like geothermal power or where there's like a glacial river that they can cool with. So, like, wow. knowledge of geog- geology is suddenly important for setting up data centers. You and they're, they're floating data centers now, too. So they're trying to get oh, them offshore yeah. so that they're not taking up land. But that... Now they're I mean, talking they're about really submerging. <laughs> That's sort of shadowing the fish or whatever. Like, there's probably an issue with that. Like the saying goes, you can't boil the ocean. Or can you? <laughs> if you get close enough to a glacier, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, they are talking about submerging some data centers oh, because so down cool. the deeper you get, the cooler it gets. Interesting. Until you get to the core, then it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so where does it there's, go next? Yeah. There's there's like, a limit. We awoke something from the deep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait, so there's, there's another couple topics I think are cool to touch on. Um, one is the anonymity aspect of it, right? So like a big part of the reason that this gained some audience is the fact that people on the dark web are doing very you know, illicit or um, things they don't want tracked, right? And um, the there's actually, you know, technically it's anonymous, but um, because it's a public ledger and everyone can see all the transactions that you've done, there's... Certain, there's people who have businesses around doing Bitcoin sort of forensics and can identify, um, you, know, you know, look back at, you know, trace back the history of types of purchases that have been made or ways that they're, the Bitcoin has moved around, um, you know, see that some money has gone to, to one place to another place, then if they can start to tie um, different individuals or groups or, you know, exchanges to, um, to certain blocks, um, they can start to get a, get a picture of what's happening, even if um, even if they don't know the specific identity of the, of which will the probably create involved. another industry of like finding those forensics guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and suddenly he fell down a flight of stairs and landed on a pile of bullets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's two knocks against Bitcoin. Really, uh, first of all, the size of that ledger that's growing. I don't know how big, and eventually it's going to be unwieldy, right? So I don't know. Like, you know, what's going to happen there. But I think the bigger one is the fact that you re- you're required to, like, any transaction you do has to be verified through this ledger, go through everything uh-huh. and get sent out to everyone, come back and all that stuff. So there's no instantaneous, uh, like, uh, purchasing you can do with Bitcoin. Like, I can't use Bitcoin to go buy groceries. Because, like, you know, I can swipe my credit card, no problem. I can pay with cash, no problem. But Bitcoin is like, yeah, I but, want to buy this milk. Come back tomorrow and we'll make sure you can get it. But couldn't this peering happen, like, in near real time, depending on the, the connectivity? Or? But but how does that ledger get distributed to everyone? Like, that ledger has to be updated and thing. I think even before the, the for the purchase to get through, everything has to be, okay, we, we acknowledge it, it's done, everything's been updated, You've this purchase, this transaction is verified. Okay, now I get to get my butter. Oh, it melted. Like, <laughs> yeah. no, I can't make biscuits anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to keep. So I don't know how the here. synchronization happens, but you can imagine a system similar to how we have credit um, mm-hmm. available to us today, right? Like, you can pay for things with a credit card, and it's not immediately taking things out of your account, but it's. You have you know a credit line. You have the ability to make purchases. You have right. you know something that's backing it up. So you'd need like it would kind of replace like PayPal, mm-hmm. which I guess is a question: is like is 
blockchain technology going to eventually start displacing things like PayPal. Mm -hmm. You've got all these um, digital currency type things like Venmo and Apple Pay and others that seem like they're they're not quite getting traction yet. They're they're sort of starting to, but but I think there's a difference between the currency and the payment mechanism. And I think a lot of these kind of big field of apps that are used for payment are all using you know dollars behind the scenes, behind the hood. But hmm. um, so like, are you going to pay with the currency of dollars or Bitcoin or something? I think Bitcoin's on that level. And then payment mechanisms are just all sorts of apps and. Mm -hmm. and tools to move money around between people, which is also a really interesting um, kind of market yeah. to, to take a look at. And that's probably the gate to wider adoption, which is, you know, mm -hmm. when I can go to the grocery store and pay in Bitcoin or when I can pay my mortgage in, in Bitcoin, um, that'll be a time when it could start getting a lot more broad appeal. But are the, the powers that be, um, to put the tinfoil hat on, going to like reject that? Because they like yes. the, the more centralized <laughs> control and tracking. I think so. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's just, it's almost like Uber and taxis. You know, it's like a, a similar kind of thing. It's like a new way of doing things that has to kind of shake up the Disrupt old way of doing right. things to get any traction. So, I mean, I, I feel like at least somehow this is going to change the markets. It's going to change the game, even if it never takes off entirely and we're never able to buy your butter exactly. with Bitcoin. <laughs> It'll at least change things, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot riding on the value and usage of currency because I think it was since the Nixon administration, that's when gold stopped becoming the, the, the basis behind the value of, uh, of the U.S. Oh, dollar. Oh, is it that recent? Wow. Yeah, I think. I'm just, I'm just going by, you know, I, I saw a bubblegum wrapper that had this fact. So, I mean, <laughs> by no means, take, don't take what I say as, uh, as proof of fact. But... You know, so when we transition to that, then we start using like, you know, the value of our currency is based on the usage of our currency. If we look at things mm. like, you know, like the oil trade, right? You know, the, you know, we make deals where we say, use U.S. dollars, you know, not from us, but, you know, if someone wants to buy your oil, make sure they pay with U.S. dollars, right? Mm. And that's kind of the deal we have with some countries and things like that. If all of a sudden everyone starts going to a new standard, we start losing a lot of... Uh, Things there, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. That's why they're not going to let it happen. Real-time <laughs> real fact check, it was 1973. Okay. So you're right. All right. Very good. <laughs> yeah, and one of the, the interesting things about having a fixed standard of something that's very valuable is because the price of Bitcoin has become, it's been skyrocketing, it creates a disincentive for people to use it and just instead of for it to actually move around in the market, because why would you like buy your groceries with something that's worth so much, right? You want to hold on to that, that resource and not put it, turn it into groceries. Here's but a diamond. <laughs> <laughs> in exchange for my groceries. Yeah, it's become like Berkshire Hathaway stock. Or <laughs> my bag of rubies. <laughs> We're going back to a Dungeons and Dragons yeah, let's do that. type. Of I like that. Well, I think that's the other knock on Bitcoin as well is that um, one of the the keys to it is that you have the digital authorization to it. If anyone should get those keys, they have all your bitcoins. There's no way like some central bank can reinstate them or something. And so right. you've seen like 50 million or a billion dollar heists of hackers that will break into a Bitcoin exchange steal all the keys and basically control all those bitcoins so there's like this uh chink in the armor this weakness where you can just it's very uh prone to this thefting interesting though because you know as you're saying that i'm thinking well don't people do that in uh, in you know 
with dollars and stuff. And I'm thinking, well, we got a lot of security. But when you think about how we got that level of security, then all of a sudden my mind for some reason went to like, you know, the, the cowboys on the on the horses going after the train, you know, like because it was full of cash that's being changed or something right. like that. Right, well, the, the Jesse James era yeah. led to uh, FDIC, which is the Federal Deposit Insurance Corp, so that the, the bank would back up your savings. Mm-hmm. And so you wouldn't have things like a run on the bank like you had during the Great Depression where people try to get all their money out because they didn't have enough savings to cover it. So it prevented that. But So we have all these kind of monetary solutions in place that's developed over time in response to different problems or different challenges or risks like in, hundreds in and using hundreds money. Hundreds of years. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so like, it almost starts like Bitcoin starting from like square one as just like, oh, here's the raw currency. And now it's kind of... We see the same problems that we already solved with other mechanisms. Yeah, we might just have to reinvent those. So maybe like one of the the Bitcoin exchanges, like if there's a central government that can put their muscle behind it, like an RMB or a dollar-based Bitcoin, they could put some of these protections in place. Mm They could have like security standards and things like that. Yeah, I mean, passwords that are like pencil. If if there were no history whatsoever, like why would like think of like the U.S. I mean, it costs money to make money. Right. Especially they're like little. I mean, I'm sure they're like not worth that much, but I mean, copper is worth more than one cent. Right. right? Yeah. So like someday, I mean, there's just no physical dollars. Right. I mean, with right. that, that would be good. We did but, that. We did that in Canada. We don't have pennies anymore. Yeah. See, yeah. there you go. <laughs> I actually yeah. just did a, did a trip to uh, to England and I didn't withdraw any uh, pounds the t- entire time I was there. I just paid for everything with a credit card. <laughs> But I guess that's that's another aspect too is that the part of the the basis for Bitcoin is that it's supposed to expand at this kind of controlled rate by Moore's law or but you know the advances in GPU tech. People are now looking at like quantum computers and they're saying, well, that could increase the compute capacity so much that you would suddenly see a disruption in how quickly you could create Bitcoins if you had like a leap in processing power. And so that could disrupt Bitcoin markets or like the company that created and that's that. that's where you just... go with, buy your butter with it. Like, <laughs> if it's fast enough, then... But then your GPUs point. will be available. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so At you'd be penniless, but you could sit around and game and say <laughs> better about it. So why would someone go to Bitcoin? We, we, I mean, when we talked about it in the beginning. You mentioned... Uh, you know, it's a decentralized criminals. <laughs> criminals, but to Dan's point, I mean, basically, you're you know, uh, no one will know. Let me just sign my name in this ledger and <laughs> and back to my nefarious activities. <laughs> it's like twirling. Well, it's not your steps. name, it's just your account number. <laughs> That's right. So, That's right. so, you know, is that is that enough? Is that enough of a population to to like? say, oh, it's going to be worth something. I know right. there's a boom now because of speculation. Right. But if, you know, if it's underlying technology, I can see governments and banks going, well, we'll just use the technology, right? You know, so we're just going to have blockchain as part of our, uh, you know, validation services as part of this. But we're going to have different center. We're not going to have it to the public, but we're going to have elite users or something like that to, to handle it there, other than like the the bit torrent of cash, right? <laughs> But, uh, but you know, I'm just trying to think of us four, for example, right now, 
when would we say, oh yeah, I'm going to start using Bitcoin and accept my paycheck in Bitcoin? Right. I, I think you're right. I think that that's when it gets the legitimacy is when you have like a, a Bank of America or like some of these right. central institutions or maybe U.S. Treasury says we're adopting blockchain technologies just because it's useful and it's it's not going to be like a public tool, but it'll be our institutional tool. And so the technology underlying the way you've done business before will just happen to be blockchain, mm -hmm. but you'll, it'll be mostly under the covers. So that's one way it could roll forward. I think that the folks that made Bitcoin and made all these other cryptocurrencies envision it, this kind of uh, anarchy, you know, world mm. freedom thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get the legitimacy. That... Right. I mean, practically speaking, you can't. If you can't really do anything with it, if you can't exchange yourself, you can't buy goods with it, then it's right now, until it's like practically useful, it, it's hard to say. You know, because right. like, right now it's more of an investment, it's a gamble. Like, yeah. It's an, yeah, you're, you know, thinking and watching how it works and seeing if it catches on. But yeah, yeah. it's not practically speaking useful. I think the other place for it is uh, <coughs> when people lose faith in the financial systems that currently exist, right? Mm -hmm. So if there was yep. some like big problem with the Very true. right with our current currency markets or with the dollar or, or you know some uh, issue that was triggered by government actions or by like, kind of the powers that be that, that manage all of these things that the Fed went and did something crazy, right? Um, Bitcoin being decentralized, not controlled by any one organization or government or party or um, anything gives that appeal that um, you know, you don't you don't have to worry about kind of nefarious actors who are mm -hmm. acting a certain way. Right, and it's a different dynamic. So, like personally, I, I'm I'd be more interested. I don't really invest much of anything in whatever, just normal four hundred one k shit. But like yeah. the um, if I were investing, I would I would be interested in this because it has a totally oh. different dynamic. You know, it's yeah. a different game. It's a different kind of approach. Different people kind of in the game. Right. You know, so it is very interesting from a. Ooh. I think it's like, yeah, it's just from a research perspective. It's kind of interesting to see how, but, but to put my own cash dollar into it. Yeah, exactly, like, right? Yeah, you know, know, I'll, I'll play. I know, like, I'll, I'll play, look. but I don't know how much investment I'll buy a GPU because I, I, I like to play games as well. But right. uh, <laughs> this, uh, this kind of reminds me of the second half of Scarface. <laughs> there's I can't wait to see this link. Okay, so, so there's there's one scene where say uh, hello to my GPU. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one scene where Tony Montana is talking to the banker, right? Because he wants to get his money cleaned, right? But the banker starts telling him he has to increase the rates that uh, they get out of it, sort of cleaning the money because there's so much money coming into it. And so Tony says, oh, you're the real thief. And he's like, then the one quote the banker says, come on, Tony, you know, don't be crazy. You, you know, you pay this money because you trust us. And that's, that's <laughs> the thing there, right? So I'm with, you know, whatever yeah. happens in this big bank, stuff like that, I'm there because of the trust, uh, you know. Uh, the link to uh, to the Bitcoin side of things is when Tony decides not to go with the bank and he goes yeah. with uh, an unknown group and they turn out to be federal agents. Uh, you know, I'm not <laughs> saying, I'm not saying Bitcoin is a guise for for like the FBI or whatever type of regulatory government organization yet, but <laughs> but. Uh, but, you know, that to me, those are like kind of the parallels, right? Where you've right. got, uh, you know, all oh, the trusted source, the trusted thing there, and the, the you know, this kind of this, the shady, the dark web, all that stuff going on with this. Can I trust it? Can I not? I don't know. Kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's about And then to the dance point, I don't trust anything mm -hmm. right now. You know, so like that that's where, you know, like 
yeah, I don't trust the regular market. So what's the difference here? Right. You know, yeah. so like if you're starting to sort of, yeah, lose that trust, not necessarily anarchy, although I'm sort of an anarchist, like, but I'm, I don't have a lot of faith in the system. So if I were, that's, that's appealing to me to have something mm-hmm. different that I could invest in to disrupt the system, you know? Yeah. 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 What's your what's your username on the dark web? Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> you do better than that. <laughs> yeah. So good discussion. Uh, well, I think that's a wrap for this week. Yeah, that's a good topic. Everyone, uh, feel free to send bitcoins to us. <laughs> I'll be digitally begging. <laughs> See you on the dark web, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>